Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 348. It means that I needed to have enough experience and do my due diligence and homework and figure out all, you know, sort of get all my ducks in a row in terms of what insurance is going to cost, all these things, and talk to as many people as I could so that when I approached people to say, look, this is how I'm going to run the restaurant. You're not going to have a say in any of it, but I promise we're going to make money together. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Let me tell you about Design Crowd. Design Crowd is a website that helps startups and small businesses like restaurants, cafes, and bars outsource or crowdsource custom graphic, logo, and web design from over 550,000 designers from around the world. Check out designcrowd.com slash unstoppable to receive up to $100 off your first design project or simply enter promotional code unstoppable at checkout facebook marketing it's intimidating it's stressful but you don't have to do it alone our friend past guest mentor and industry expert nick fosberg is launching his automated cash flow masterclass this week you'll get five automated facebook marketing systems that attract new customers on a shoestring budget you'll also get all the offers all the promotions, and you'll see step-by-step how to set each of these up in 20 minutes or less. This will be selling for $1,500, but he's giving it to you for free for a limited time only. Head over to www.restaurantsfbsystems.com. That's FB like Foxtrot Bravo. All right, and with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Chef Kate Williams. Chef Kate, are you feeling unstoppable today? Yes. All right. (laughs) That's what we like to hear. So a native from Detroit, Michigan, Chef Kate Williams studied food science at Michigan State University and would later transfer to the French Culinary Institute in New York City. Kate has served under Wolfgang Puck as sous chef and has served Detroit's Republic Tavern as executive chef. She's received the title of Top Chef Detroit and Eater Detroit Chef of the Year uh, semifinalist and this Summer, Kate is opening Lady of the House, which has already stirred up a bunch of talk, including Eater National, most anticipated restaurant openings of 2017, and Tasting Table, most anticipated opening 2017. So talk about a ton of pressure. Um, You must be just like chomping at the bit to get this thing going. Uh, I can't wait to kind of dive into your mind. But before we do, let's get that motivational inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you have for us? Oh my gosh. You know, the thing that comes to mind with success mantra is that not to take yourself too seriously because everybody's just doing the best they can. So none of it is that serious. Is that a mantra? Yeah, absolutely. Really dive into that though. And like how you have this conversation with yourself. Cause I'm sure that uh, that's an issue that a lot of people listening might kind of face themselves with taking themselves too seriously. So how do you not take yourself too seriously? Well, I mean, as a chef, it, it, when you step back and think about it, like I'm just cooking food, 
for people who are out to enjoy themselves. You know, like you just sort of strip away the um, the hype, the anticipation, the you know, readers, bloggers, Yelpers, everything. At the end of the day, I'm just making a meal. Mm. You know, so and and I think that's important so that you kind of get out of your own way, right? Like this is what I do do every day. This is what I yeah. have done every day for, you know, 16 years. Yeah, absolutely. And just listening to you talk, what comes into my mind is the whole idea of just do the work. Uh, focus on the thing that got you all this hype and publicity in the first place. Don't get distracted. Just do what you do and keep doing it better than anybody else. Yeah, exactly. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Just make the pasta. Everything is fine. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, so typically uh, when I'm getting guest mentors on the show, I like to see a track record of at least five years uh, being in business, owning a restaurant. And, uh, you know, I y- your people reached out to me and they put you in front of me and I read your bio and uh, the track you're on parallel so many successful people I've had in the show, uh, the, the attention you're getting. So I figured, you know, I'm going to roll the dice, take a gamble on this, this woman, because I feel like she's going to, you know, provide so much value. Uh, and plus you're going through it right now. Like you're, you're creating the buzz, you're building out the website, you're building out the, the space, you're, uh, you know, fine tuning your menu. I'm sure you're, you know, putting a team together, like you're going through all that stuff right now. So I can't wait for this conversation. But before we kind of dive into the, the current, um, tell us a little bit more about um, who you are and uh, what your vision with Lady of the House was. Yeah, so um, so I left, I was at a restaurant as the executive chef, and it was one of those things where I wasn't I wasn't cooking every day. I was, it was a big staff. And so I was mostly managing staff and doing paperwork and, um, not necessarily, you know, when you've been in the the restaurant industry for so long, you get to a point where you've only done this. Like I've only worked in restaurants. And so you sort of know what works and doesn't work. And I just, you know, I just came to a point where I was like, you know, why am I even in this industry? Like, why am I cooking? Why did I, you know, it's not the pay. It's not the glamorous lifestyle. It's not the, you know, work-life balance. Um, And so I decided to, I decided to quit my job and figure out how to build my own restaurant. And, And through that, I had to figure out, okay, well, what do I want this to be? Why Detroit? Why are people going out to, why do people go out to eat? And why is it going to be great to come out to eat at my restaurant? Um, and so from all of that and sort of soul searching, I figured out that I wanted to create a place that was like my dining room. You know, like I, I, I wanted to be the ultimate hostess and what did that mean? And, and sort of what team do we put together to get there? Um, and that's where the idea for Lady of the House came from. Okay, so you had this pretty awesome executive position as far as like, you know, climbing the ladder of your career, uh, but it wasn't fulfilling you. And you ask yourself, why am I, why did I get into this industry in the first place? And Lady of the House is the uh, product of why you got into this industry in the first place. Okay, so let me ask you, why did you get into this industry in the first place? Uh, well, you know, it took, it took me a, like later in my career to figure out people, you know, sometimes have like a uh, an aha moment of like cooking with their grandmother or something, you know, and, and mine came later that I realized it was, um, it had something to do with the family dinner table. 
Um, so I'm from a big Irish Catholic family, and even if the food was not good, the dinner table was like the lifeblood of the family, right? Mm. So, you know, that's where that's where life happened, and I and I couldn't tell until later later on in my career that that's what I was trying to sort of recreate, and that's what stuck with me was um, was that feeling, and how can we recreate that for other people? Um, and so, like I said, I wanted to be the sort of the ultimate hostess. Wait, so you said, uh, that's what you're trying to recreate. So really get into what that is. Well, that is, that is why people go out to eat. Is it happiness and joy and, you know, um, to me listening to you talk, it sounds like that is an experience, an emotion, a feeling that you get. Yeah, exactly. And and it's not, I feel like mine is, you know, laughter maybe or something, but people's are different. But I mean, that also speaks to like, why do we go out to eat? Is it for sustenance? Is it for art and theater? Or is it for like, you know, lasting memories with the person that we're with and, um, and an experience, you know what I mean? So yeah. like to feel, you, you, you go to feel good. Mm. I love it. So really what you're trying to accomplish with Lady of the House is to create the space where you get to bring that feeling of happiness, of of just good memories, of warmth, of being with family. And, and that's for you is what this industry is all about, is just creating that family, that, that feeling for others, not just those in your family. Exactly. I love it. Uh, beautiful stuff. And I guess, like, when did you know? How did you get into the industry? And can you bring us to a time where you said to yourself, I am going to either work in restaurants for the rest of my life or be a restaurateur. Do you know that moment? Can you bring us to that moment? Oh, man. Um, the moment, it was kind of a slow progression to figure out I was going to be in restaurants. And then I, in that part, I knew um, that part was slow, right? I just kept doing it because I loved it. There wasn't like a, I just had an awesome moment, except for. When I moved back to Detroit, um, I had been in New York, Chicago. I spent time in Florida. Um, when I moved back to the, to Detroit, I just immediately fell in love with the art, the music, the food scene. This is, what, six years ago or something? And I thought, this is the only place I want to have a restaurant. Mm. You know, because it's like I would never try to open a restaurant in New York City. Like, you know, I just. I, I don't know. It just didn't feel like something I had ever thought about or wanted to do until I came back to Detroit. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was. And I've heard uh, other guests mention that you want to open a restaurant where you have roots um, because of just the, the human part of it all. Uh, the people that you know, the people that will want to support you because they knew you growing up. Like did, did that have anything to do with it? Um, It did. It also was, um, it did have so, that sort of had something to do with it. It was more, um, it was more the city, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I don't want to say no. I would have opened in Florida because <laughs> you know I love I love Miami. Or yeah. Something, but it, it, uh, to be honest with you, though, it really was more about um, the history of the city. You know, I'm opening up in in the rest in Corktown, which is the oldest neighborhood in Detroit, and it's where my great grandparents met. Um, as Irish immigrants at the Gaelic League, so like just one street over from where my restaurant's going to be. Um, it is 
where my a, a two streets over from where my grandpa grew up in Corktown. Um, and it just sort of like there's so much heart and yeah. pride in Detroit that it you know you know to open a business and contribute to the you know to the to society here also is is pretty incredible. Absolutely, you know, I mean, that- you've got to have some kind of emotional tie to the, the community that you're serving. I, I feel like that's crucial because uh, it, it it goes so deep. Uh, it's not just making food; it's really impacting a community, which I'm sure we're going to dive into because of uh, your business philosophies, the things you do, and why you do them. I'm sure that will come up later on. But um, let's talk about the path you took to get to where you are. Uh, when did you really start? living intentionally um or i guess when did you know that lady of the house was going to be something that existed and then take us back to the point where you started living intentionally to achieve lady of the house um well it was about six months before i opened republic tavern where the executive chef um, about six months before that opened, I knew and kind of started thinking about Lady of the House. Um, yeah, it was that early. And it, then when did I start? You know, once I quit, once I quit my job and left, that was when it, uh, you know, it was like I wasn't going to plan it unless I had quit my job and was like going full force into it, you know? So that was about what was that, 2015. Is that May 2015, I think? All right. So about two years ago, um, six months before uh, Republic. So at this point, you're working for uh, Chef Wolfgang Puck? No. At this point, I was the I was the executive chef at Republic Tavern. Okay. Um, so they were owners of the restaurant, and then I was the executive chef and... Um, and, you know, figured out that this was not for me. And then I, I actually waited six months. I mean, we were uh, nine months after after I wanted to open the restaurant. I waited. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so what things did you start to do after you made this decision six months before leaving uh, Republic Tavern? Like, what things did you start to do in your life intentionally to prepare uh, for this opening? So the first thing that I did, um, the first thing that I did was figure out, you know, how to write a business plan. I'd written one before, but I knew that um, in Detroit, you know, a lot of people want to invest in restaurants. It's just like it's a romantic idea. I, you know, people say, "Well, there's no money for it." No, there is. It's just you, you need to find the right money because some people want it because they just want to show off to their friends or whatever. You know, so I knew I needed to get. Wait, dive into that. You can't just hover over that because that's important. Uh, really dive into what the right money is because I feel like a lot of people get in trouble. They take money wherever they can get it and talk to us about why that's bad and why the right money is good. Well, there's a saying. Um, I can't remember where, where I heard this, but I've said it before talking to other folks, and I think it's 100% true, and it's that if you are ready – in terms of experience, if you're ready to open a restaurant, it means that you have no money because you've only been working in restaurants, 
right? (laughs) And and if you have the money to open a restaurant, it means that you've not worked in restaurants because otherwise you wouldn't have the money. (laughs) You know, so it's finding that, right? I mean, once you hear it, you're like, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, So it's, 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 it means that I needed to have enough experience and do my due diligence and homework and figure out all, you know, sort of get all my ducks in a row in terms of what insurance is going to cost, all these things, and talk to as many people as I could so that when I approached people to say, look, this is how I'm going to run the restaurant. You're not going to have a say in any of it, but I promise we're going to make money together. You know, like that's my, or, or this is our hope is we're going to make money and, yeah. and set up our partnership accordingly so I'm not, you know, just having them with their hands tied behind their backs with their, with their cash. Um, but I knew that I, you know, I went and started um, consulting for Big Boy, the Jane, <clears throat> um, and, and two guys there, the CFO and the CMO, kind of became my business mentors. Um, and it's not, that wasn't glamorous, you know. It's like I'm making chicken fingers, like figuring out recipes for chicken fingers. But what was interesting to me was, you know, how, like, franchises are interesting because it's a model that is just success, over, like, every one of them is a success, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so trying to figure out, you know, how do you do your rent structure? When do you know the rent is too high? Do you own all of your buildings at all of these franchises, you know, stuff like that. So that was the first. All right, so I'm going to summarize this real quick. Um, the first thing you did is you got your business plan together. Uh, you figured out what kind of partnership you wanted to have with your investors, and you found mentors, which is huge. Uh, and they're going to take you through the business side of things, the less sexy side of things, but the really important things you need to know. And you went to a corporation to do that, big boy, which is really smart because that's what they're they're good at, structure. Uh, what was the biggest lesson you would say you picked up from uh, your mentors? Wow, that's a tough question, actually. Um, <clears throat> what? Let me ask. Let me ask the question differently. What um, would you not have done if you didn't have these mentors that you ended up doing because of them? Um, I, you know, it's funny to say this because we're still in the middle of opening, so I'm not a success story yet. But I think what I learned from them is. You know, I was uncomfortable spending a ton of money, and what I learned from them is that you really do need to spend money on some things in order to be successful and open the right way. You know what I mean? What did you spend money on that you wouldn't have spent money on that you think will help to your success or contribute to your success? You know, making sure you have a budget for R&D is really important, you know, and and whether it's advertising or even just keeping your mind as like the chef creator artist part of it, you know, keeping your mind fresh is as important as, you know, the insurance, to be honest with you for mm-hmm. lifelong, for like long-term success. Um, that's something I learned from them. Yeah. I mean, when you're setting out to make a budget, you're like, Oh, I'm not going to put R and D or like, you know, testing or travel or whatever, you know, cause I don't want to pay for that. Yeah. Which is huge though, to, to stay fresh, to stay current, to stay just, inspired um so how much do you put aside what percentage oh god uh you know what i actually don't know off the top of my head i think we have i think it's one percent but it's something and you know that one percent uh it compounds over time when you start growing your business and more money starts coming in you put that money aside and you can really do some great things some you know make some great trips uh and it's all there you don't even think about it uh until you you need it and then you have the money so it's totally worth it and um 
what I, I kind of want to dive into uh, right money a little bit more too, because I don't really feel like we um, dove into that as far as in regards to partnerships or investors. So what are you looking for? Or what did you look for in investors? What was the right money for you? Well, um, so I, I know what the wrong money was quickly, right? So I had had one of the reasons I left Republic Tavern was because I felt like, you know, I feel like I can say this. It, it, I felt like it wasn't the right money for me in terms of reasons why they got into the restaurant business, right? So my goal when I wake up every morning is I want to make great food that, you know, people like and I want us to be successful. Like th- those are the driving forces. And then everything sort of falls in line from there. Um, so there, the values, it sounds like the values were on profitability and not necessarily on doing the thing. No. So that's what's funny about restaurants is yes, it is about it is about the you know the cash and the profitability, but for a lot of people who want to invest in restaurants, it's more about showing off a restaurant, you know. And and God, I hate to sound like that, but it just in my personal experience that unfortunately that's happened. And you know, like we said, well, you shouldn't be picking, you know, the the dishes if you've never washed them through the dishwasher, you know what I mean? So stuff like that to me is like, no, if somebody, I find that the most successful people value other people's success and expertise in their areas. Right. So like you and I aren't necessarily going to make the website because (laughs) just because Squarespace makes it easy. It's like, no, we're going to go to somebody who knows what they're doing and trust their, expertise in that. So I had two groups of investors before I settled on my, my current partnership. Um, and something was just not right. It was like, you know, they wanted, they wanted to sign on for six restaurants right off the get go. And there was, you know, Oh, this is going to be great. We're going to do this, you know, this yard, this orchard thingy far away too. And you can do that. And, and then the other one was just somebody who wanted to you know, no. What are you doing? Only having sixty seats. You need to have a hundred seats. Like we we need to be doing like you know five million a year in sales, not two point five. And um, and I was like, no, that's just you know, after so long in the industry, you just know in your gut that that's we're not going to be friends forever, you know, yeah. whether business or personal. I think I I'm picking up what you're putting down, and what I really love that you had to say was uh, that successful people value people. And it sounds like uh, you want to put your value in surrounding yourself with other incredible people who are doing what we do for the right reasons, not necessarily to show off how pretty our restaurant is. Like, It sounds like the people you were working with valued the things more than the people and the, the, the tangible things versus the actual greatness in the, the, the heart, the soul, the mojo of what it is you're trying to do. Yeah, and and not that they didn't value people. I'm not trying to sort of say that they didn't value their employees, <laughs> but it just was different reasons for going and, you know, yeah, it, it's just different reasons for opening a restaurant. And to me, that was the wrong money for me. And the right money was, um, you know, I, I, was, I had some partners and we were looking at real estate and I went to, I went for advice to friends of mine 
um, who had done a bunch of real estate. And I sat down with him and I said, look, I, what do you think about this? Is this price too high? Like I've talked to a few people, but you've been dealing in real estate in the city. Cause it, in Detroit, it's so weird. It's like changes. It's, you know, I don't know what the investment is worth. You know what I mean? So I went to him and I said, you know, is this worth it? Whatever. And he said, um, yeah. And I'd like to partner with you and whatever your partnership deals will beat it. So what was it about that partnership uh, that you think was right exactly? Um, I think it was, I think it's that we're, we're both really direct and honest and that we value what each other brings to the table. Um, so like, for example, I went to him for advice on real estate and he knows that he doesn't know how to run a restaurant. And so we've set up our, our partnership accordingly. So when you're looking for partnerships or looking for uh, investors, you're looking for people that contribute, that, that can contribute something beyond just money, but specialized knowledge. Um, and what were you honest about? You said you have to be direct and honest. So what were you being direct and honest about? Um, just about, you know, I said, you don't have any control. How do I say that? Well, the, the, the concept of the restaurant, the, like it's a silent partnership within boundaries. Is mm -hmm. it's, we have the creative control is here, day-to-day -day operations, decisions, anything. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to open for lunch just because sales aren't great. Like this is the concept of the restaurant and, you know. What you're talking about, yeah, is, is an operation uh, agreement, correct? We're talking about the operation agreement, but I think that was also something that was important is, you know, everybody is like sort of trying to be on their first date and like cute and, you know, not show their full self, yeah. I guess, right? Like it is like dating and you're not trying to, it's like, oh yeah, and this is going to be so great. And like, you know, <laughs> tell me about your family, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's, that's wonderful because you do need that like romantic period before things you know, things yeah. are going to get heated and things are going to, you know, you're going into battle together, but it, it's, it keeps you from having to have a lot of conversations. I think if you're just open right away, yeah. by the way, you don't, yep. to, you know, Absolutely. You're not, there's no control of anything creative in the restaurant, blah, 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 blah. You know, we'll set the budgets together and then, and then go from there. You know what I mean? So did you commit any of this to writing? Is there an actual an agreement, a document that states, okay, why, how did you guys set that up? Did you go to an attorney? What do we need to know about doing that right? Um, yeah, I went to an attorney. Um, in fact, I don't do anything without an attorney at this point just because I think I've been burned so many times by, you know, friendly relationships that say one thing and then as it comes out it's like and even with my partner now i'm like okay that's great but we just need to get it in writing just because like then it's unemotional we don't need to yeah. think about anything we can move on from it yep. because it's already taken care of beautiful so i feel like we're in a little bit of a rabbit hole we kept going deeper and deeper and deeper and i love that i love pulling back the layers no you're good uh so i'm gonna like try to come back to the surface and kind of summarize where we've been to this point so uh the, the business advice you gave us was basically to get that business plan, uh, to figure out your partnerships, to, to find the right money, to get people on board 
partners that are strong where you're weak, have lawyers, get the operation agreement, do your due diligence early on. Uh, and then the second piece of advice we had was also uh, find uh, business mentors. And for you, that was big boy. So what are some of the other things that you did aside from getting that business plan ready, getting the, oper- the, the operational agreement, finding the right partners, finding the mentors? What else do you do up to this point to prepare yourself for the restaurant that's the most anticipated restaurant in according to international 2017 no pressure <laughs> right? um um what did i do so i mean i i traveled um i traveled i think that that's important to me and i think i i mean i won't speak for other restaurateurs but that was important to me because you know you sort of get stuck in your side of the world so to speak um, and then I also started doing, you know, even before I'd finalized my investment um, partners, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just knew I needed to get the word out there and get my name out there. So I started doing um, pop-up dinners in New York um, and Detroit, just like a series for about, I guess I was in New York for six months and then the one in Detroit was nine months, um, just to kind of be cooking and, and partner with cool um you know, other makers, whether it was candles or booze or, or whatever. Um, yeah, so I did that and I traveled. Okay. So let's dive into this. Uh, so you mentioned earlier that it was 2015. So about two years ago where you were like, all right, this is going to happen. That was six months before you quit Republic Tavern. So you quit Republic Tavern. You spent time traveling, uh, doing pop-ups. Was there any specific strategy that you had, like, did you have a plan mapped out or were you just being kind of reactive, uh, in t- taking pop-ups when they came to you? Like, what did that look like exactly? Oh, no, I, I planned the pop-ups. Um, I mean, I, the strategy was just like dive in, you know I mean? I think that's, that was something like I, you know, I, I <laughs> announced the restaurant and I was leaving without, a plan, you know, it was sort of like I had to figure it out from there. Um, but the, the pop-ups, you know, I knew that I wanted to do them as a series so that it was something people always could think about and come to. Um, so the pop-ups was a strategy, but otherwise it was like, I'm just going to do this and, and, you know, have faith that it's going to happen, you know, like, yeah, well, it sounds like during this period, it was more of a, like a research and development, uh, pulling in information and figuring out exactly what you want to become. Um, and that's part of the travel too, to get outside of your own space and to see what's out there to get ideas, to get creative. Uh, but when you were doing the pop-ups, um, was there an objective, a specific objective or thing you were trying to accomplish uh, be- behind it all? Um, what was I trying to accomplish? You know, I was trying to get back to cooking that I felt good about, you know, so I very much enjoyed those dinners because they were small and intimate and, and, you know, max 30 people, but it was usually somewhere between 18 and 24 people that I was serving and I was able to engage with them, which is something that I knew I wanted to do at the restaurant. Mm. Um, I had, I spent some time cooking in Copenhagen and one of the things that I loved about that was, and they dine very differently in Denmark than we do in the United States, but was that the, the chefs or the cooks served most of the food there. And so they're going to the table and announcing, you know, what the dish is that they've just spent, you know, 10 hours preparing. And, 
that to me is really cool and it makes like you know it's not just theater even though i guess it is sort of theatrical that you're being filmed by who made it but it's it's really more um just engage, you know you're engaged with this person who spent all of this time and then mm. you as the person who made it gets to see who's there eating what you just spent the day yeah. preparing you know which is the ultimate reward is getting to experience the reaction of all of your fruits and labor and just you know be able to touch this you know mm. um so so that was something that i i knew i wanted to do and that i loved about the the dinner series um and, you know, at the time, it was just like I was cooking my best food. I was, you know, partnering with, with uh, collaborating with interesting businesses in the city. And that, and then, you know, then in New York when I was taking them there, that was really exciting because people didn't know all of these things going on with the food scene in Detroit and the farming and the this, you know. And so when I went there and talked about it, it was like, you know, people were excited, which they should be. It's, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, so that was... So that was what I wanted to accomplish, right? Like so, to showcase things that were going on in Detroit, to kind of have an interactive dining experience. And and when you're in the right headspace as a chef, like that's when you're making your best food. So it sounds like to me, in one word, um, you were trying to create an impact with other people about what was happening in Detroit and just gathering information from them to see what you could do to get that clarity and what you wanted to create. Uh, but mostly it sounds like you're, you're networking, you're collaborating and you're stirring up and creating buzz about you and what you wanted to create. Is that safe to say? Okay. So what makes, in your opinion, uh, I think pop-ups are really kind of hot right now. It's a great way to start or to test a concept to be super lean and to see if what you, envisioned even can get any traction so for that person out there who is thinking about uh doing a few pop-ups uh how do we go about finding the space like what what advice do you have for that person listening who's been considering pop-ups so there are in many cities there are definitely spaces i think the networking is the hustle right like we can cook in any space if you're if you're a professional you can walk in and there's no running water and somehow we make it work um but i think the networking is the hustle um and that i don't know if i have an answer to i mean my advice would be just do it just start doing it mm. like you know there's that saying there you know you can't edit what hasn't been written so just start doing the dinners and then edit after and figure out what's working and what's not working. Um, yeah. It reminds me of that saying, which I love, which is ready, fire, aim. And sometimes you just got to pull the trigger, see where you hit and then adjust and pull the trigger again and get closer and closer and closer to hitting your target. But you got to start. You never know where the, 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 the bullet's going to hit if you don't pull the trigger and then you adjust thereafter. I love it. Um, so, the hustle, the hustle is networking and just finding people. So what advice do you have to, I guess, break the ice or to get that momentum started to start to approach that first person? Um, God, I mean, it, it's kind of different with every person, right? Because what's going to work for me is very specific to my brand. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> Well, I mean, just based off of what you said, what's what works for me is specific to my brand. So, being true to yourself and what just being genuine and transparent is that safe to say? Genuine and transparent, yeah. And and the other thing is, you know, like being 
I don't know. I guess that that was something I had to kind of, what I had to figure out too before I started all of this was what was the city, so I moved back to Detroit, but what was the city about and how, if I was going to open a business or, or this is where, you know, because my equity is, my chef equity is in Detroit, whether or not I own a business, right? Mm-hmm. So before I started that, I had to figure out, you know, if I want this here, I need the whole city to be successful, not just this central mm. business district or this or this. So I think for approaching the first person for networking, um, can I think about it first? I think you <laughs> answered it. I think you answered it. Okay. Um, for you just said something that just like shook me. Um, for you, it wasn't just about making yourself successful. It was about you knew that your city had to be successful. Uh, is that the kind of the story? Is that the mission that was driving you when you were approaching other people? Like you're going out there, you're learning things, you're building your chef equity, and you're also creating awareness about what's happening back home and trying to build equity in your city scene. Uh, is that, do you think, what made people get behind you? Is that it's not about me. You're trying to do something to, to make what's right for your city, to, 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 to make good on your city, your home. Is that a stretch? Am I making shit up right now? Or uh, I, I, think <laughs> I, mean, I think, I think you're probably right. It just, for me, that was sort of like also a business decision. Like, okay, that's great. But you know, I need people to, I need like people wealthy enough to dine at the restaurant. I need people who have jobs and, and you know, the, the city has to, has to work. And at the time, you know, it's gotten a lot better over over the years. But at the time, it wasn't. Um, and that is also very, very Detroit. Like when we talk about the farms and and urban farms, which I don't quote me on this, but I believe it's like the highest density of farms in any urban area is in Detroit because there's a lot of empty lots, right? From from torn yeah. down houses and stuff like that. But the thing with that is. You know, it's people, these farms, most of them were started just to kind of keep their streets safe, right? And now they're employing Detroiters who maybe have, don't have a clear pathway to employment, whether it's from incarceration or lack of education, et cetera, you know, whatever these roadblocks are for that. And so then it becomes this like holistic dish on your, you know, in front of you at the restaurant, which is like, oh, by the way, this is also, you know, beautifying a neighborhood, keeping a neighborhood safe. Um, employing, you know, with a livable wage, this person, um, and, and then what are we doing at the restaurant also? You know what I mean? There's a lot going on there. Uh, but you know, I, I, am I making this hard for you? No, you're not. You're making this exciting. I'm loving every second of this. And, uh, to me, what really stood out, um, is that, you know, there, it's no secret that Detroit really struggled economically over the past years. Uh, what I love about this story is that um, food, sustainable food can really help uh, prime and bring back a community because of the jobs it creates because uh, of just the education that's evolved. It, it, it's just, it's, it's a way to go into a city and to really turn things around uh, using food. And that's kind of what I'm hearing. And that's what you want to be a part of. Is that, is that a stretch or I'm trying to piece the, the puzzle together, but yeah, that's absolutely right. That's um, and uh, yeah, <clears throat> there's what? not one, there's not one like industry that's going to quote unquote save right. Like the city's not going to be saved. 
Um, it's just people, you know, in in many areas, just like doing the right thing and 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 really coming together. I mean, that was why I chose Detroit. Is like the camaraderie is just bananas. Yeah, it's it, really awesome. I love it. And um, one other thing I think is worth mentioning right now. And listening to you talk, I couldn't help but think of Simon Sinek. Are you familiar with his work at all? Um, can you remind me? So he, uh, yeah, he authored Start With Why. Uh, and the whole concept of that book is people don't buy what you're doing. They're, they buy into why you're doing it. And your purpose of, of bringing uh, awareness to a city, uh, bringing awareness to the food scene, and to really not make it about you, but to make it about everybody else is a, a really great why to get behind uh people want to be a part of that why um and i'm piecing together the puzzle i don't know if if i'm really explaining your purpose your reason your why well um and maybe you can i can pass it back to you so do you think that's what is a lot like what's creating this this hype uh this awareness this uh you know either's most anticipated restaurant is that you just have a really awesome why (laughs) i guess so i don't know uh do we have an awesome why? I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. Yeah. That's, I guess I've never asked myself like, why did we win this? Or why did we get this? <laughs> well, let me ask you, what is your why? What is your purpose? What's driving you today? Current time, you're about to open. All these things are going on. What is driving you right now? What gets you out of bed? What, what makes your engine purr? Well, so you know, we want to create something special, but I actually, I'm looking, I'm in my bedroom and I'm looking at written out, like, why do we do it? It's actually written on my wall. I love it. Which is embarrassing. No, it's not. It's great. Um, you know, why do we do it? And and that goes back to what I, that soul searching I did in the last couple of years was like, you know, A, why am I doing this? And B, what are we, why do people go out to eat? What are we trying to create? And you know, we want to make people feel special. There's a, there's, you know, life is hard. People are, you know, working all week, getting a babysitter, whatever it is, coming out to eat. Like, that, that shit's tough. We all know this. Life, mm. love, happiness, money, all of it. And what can we do as a restaurant to make, to make people feel special, right? And so that has many that has, you know, many answers. One is, well, it needs to be the best food, you know, that we can possibly make. We need to win awards and blah, 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 because then people will feel even better about being in our dining room at our, you know, quote unquote dinner party. That's what we want to do every night is throw the best dinner party that anyone's ever been to. I love it. At at the core of this, what I'm hearing is your why is what you can do for other people, how you can impact other people, how you can create an experience for other people at the end of the day those awards are fun and they're great they're a sense of achievement but you aren't swayed or you don't have any misconception about what it's really all about which is about creating something of value for others right i love that that's beautiful oh man is that actually written on your wall (laughs) make make people happy (laughs) oh you're awesome and how can we make it better? <laughs> oh, that's so great. I love it. And why is that so important? Let's just talk about that for a second. Why is it so important to put something like that up in your bedroom? Uh, what's that do to you? What's that, How does that serve you? Um, it's just sort of a direction. 
Um, and there's other things on my wall. That's, God, this is very personal right now. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Yeah, there's, there's other things up there. Just sort of reminders. I mean, we all know, you know, it's easy to get lost. It's easy to get, you know, be blinded by, or at least for me, it's easy to be blinded by, you know, external expectations or, or opinions, whatever. So you have to stay, you know, you have to have like your direction for the day or the year, or the week. Yeah. I like to call it uh, a center line. Uh, you need your center line and there's, there's going to be things that distract you that pull you off center line off the, the course, the, the, the reason why you're doing all this. And you need that constant reminder. That's what your core values are. That's what your vision statement is. That's what your mission statement is. At the end, when you get you know drifted off course, you need to get back to the center. And having these things written down, where you wake up, you see them every morning. You're starting your day on center line, which is so important. Um, I love it. Uh, so we've been talking, believe it or not, now for uh, about forty five minutes. Time flies. Uh, <laughs> so let me ask you. Let me ask you this then. Uh, what is your biggest challenge? right now you're opening with when's your open date do you have a date picked out um it's the, like the third week of august end of august third week of so, august so you're soon. almost yeah. a month away um what are you yeah. what's your biggest challenge right now my biggest challenge right now is um i mean gosh there are so many finding you know the the workforce finding the right team i mean we have a the core team is there but implementing i mean um just sort of bringing in the other pieces of it you know the kitchen is breaking down we took over a new kitchen and of course we didn't find out until we've been recipe testing that half the shit doesn't work uh excuse me i didn't (laughs) sorry i've said worse i've said worse okay um and just you know also just sort of calming nerves and just being, you know, reminding myself what I said at the beginning, my mantra is like, you're just cooking food. Like just, you know, don't overthink this. Don't listen to any of the sort of the hype or any of this. You're, you know what to do. This is what you do. Um, just make the pasta. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I love that. Just, I, that just mantra of just doing the work. And I feel like we get so distracted about growth. Like with this other restaurant group you're a part of, they were worried about growth, being profitable, being big, big, big. But it sounds like the core of what drives you is just doing the work, staying calm and knowing your purpose, knowing your why, which is, there's so much value in that lesson alone. Um, you mentioned building a team, uh, is a challenge. Get get into that. Get specific about what specifically is challenging about building this team. Well, it's you know it's a puzzle, and and uh, you know I said at a restaurant before one of the owners was you know you're not like rearranging your schedule to be around us, and I was like let me just be very honest. I am the least important person in this restaurant, and you are or you are the least important person in this restaurant, and I am the second least important, and. Then it goes down the line. My sous chefs, and then what do they need from me? And then what does the line cook need from them? And then what does the dishwasher need from them? You know, it's like that is the operation of the restaurant. And so it's like putting together this puzzle that you live or die by. You know, I mean, the, your workforce is the m- most important part. Obviously, we want to get great product, but who's preparing it um, is so important. 
So, um, you know, I, I, I get a lot of females trying to come work for me, which I think is awesome. You know, they're, I'm, I get it because I was drawn to work for females because I think there's, there's something where there's a little more, you know, you're more likely to be promoted by another female. There's camaraderie, just exactly. Sympathy and the teaching and empathy, is yeah. a little more, you know, but, um, um, so I'm really excited about that. And so I, I love so far the team we've put together. Um, but it's just, it's hard. It's the, the workforce is small. And there are so many restaurants opening. I mean, I know it's like this all over the country, but I'll just speak on Detroit. The you know, there's so many restaurants opening, and the the labor force is is small. You mm-hmm. know, because it can't keep up with the demand of restaurants. Mm. So that is so. You know, it's just it means more more training and more teaching, which we're open to. But just yeah, putting together different, you know, figuring out which personalities and skill sets and and how we we kind of make the whole thing work yeah so uh training in general how are you setting up your business to handle training what are you doing that's different that in regards to training well you know we let's see i mean we've already done some things with training something that was definitely important is we've done a lot of um kind of, I don't want to say group bonding things, but figure out why people are there and mm. why they're in the restaurant industry, why they want to come work for us. Um, why is that so important? Get to know them as, well, get to, getting to know them as people, because I think you can, number one, you can understand when conflict arises, but also, you know, in the restaurant industry, you spend more time together than you do with your spouses, mm. right? So it's like, we better, you know, I, I feel like, one of the, I had three things that I wanted in this restaurant. I want to make food that I care about. I want to, you know, surround myself with people I like to be around and I want to create something that we're proud of. Mm. Um, and, and, and the being around people that you like to be around, it sounds so simple, but it's really, it is that important. It's like, it, you need to be sort of like-minded, um, have a similar idea of something you want to be a part of or create because otherwise you know with how many hours and how labor intensive and physical all of those jobs are front back house it doesn't matter well everybody needs to be working towards the same thing everyone needs to have the same values they need to be pulling in the same direction uh so yeah it makes complete sense and uh i'm kind of curious um what about technology how are you i mean i I looked at your branding you have a lot of things set up uh you're already collecting emails which is huge uh your land you're you know you're doing a lot of things right in the marketing side and the branding side the the early phase side, your, your social media is on point. You're telling the story. You're keeping people up to date on what's happening in this journey. Dive into uh, some of that other stuff real quick before we, we move on. Um, <clears throat> let's see. So I, that is what I don't know. You know, I, I know restaurant social media when I don't like it. I can't like pinpoint it when I do like it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you see it and you're like, oh, why are they just like throwing specials at me all the time? Yeah. Um, but so, you know, that's, that's another area where it's like giving that to a professional because that's not my, Smart. that's not my expertise. So, so yeah, so we have a social media, uh, person, Jill, she's fantastic. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, the website, we're actually building a new website right now, but the website at the time was just, I was doing these dinners 
and I knew I needed a place for people to go, you know, like I need, it needed to look credible. So I had to, even if I didn't love the logo, I was like, we just got to do something. I need yeah. some business card. I need some website. Yeah. So uh, talk about some other technology you might be leveraging before I just slide over to that. Uh, really smart. Uh, the advice you gave to know what lane you belong in and then to get um, people on your team who belong in other lanes like marketing and social media. If that's not your jam, then don't try to do it because you're not going to be serving yourself. You're going to be hurting yourself. Uh, so really smart advice there. Uh, what about some other technology that you're leveraging? You're going to be a full service restaurant. Like how are you setting that up? Um, it, uh, in terms of like, like our POS system. Yeah. Like, are you going to be doing tickets or are you going to be full service like reservation? Um, oh, sure. Yeah. So we did, so we're using a POS system. We're, we're using breadcrumb. I mean, the thing with POS systems is, they're all they you know none of them are perfect it's like just weighing out good and bad um but i think breadcrumb is is really good it's kind of it's intuitive Mm -hmm. um and something i like about breadcrumb is that they they are listening to their customers you know so when they're you know they're constantly trying to be better and evolving Mm. which is great um and then for reservation systems oh actually you should not quote me on this because I know that we looked at a few and there's, you know, the way that they are now is <clears throat> they're so smart. These reservation systems now, they know, you know, who the person is, if there's an allergy, you know, if they've dined mm-hmm. once, you have the ability to sort of, and not in a creepy way, but I feel like in a way that you know, allows you Park, yeah, to serve them better. Yeah, exactly. And if we like, if any of us saw Eleven Medicine Park's reservation system, we would like shit our pants because <laughs> it is so in depth. But they're the best restaurant in the world right now. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, it just makes so then you can make people feel more, you know, feel special, right? It comes back to that. So we are using, I think. I think it's reserved that we're using. Yeah. They're new to the scene as of like, I think a year or two, they're relatively new. Um, They started as an app. I believe it was an app that was very uh, customer driven uh, where it would remember all of your information. So you wouldn't even have to uh, pay at the end. You just leave. And like the the tips are already like incorporated in. Um, I'm not sure if that's a feature they still have, but uh, it's a very, yeah, they're doing a really great stuff. They're, they're coming up hard right now and strong. Um, so what was it exactly about reserve that sold you on that platform versus others? Well, I mean, cost comes into it. So when we were looking at a few, um, you know, right off the bat, having to pay as a restaurant, you know, as a small business for 60 seats, having to pay per reservation just didn't make sense for us. You know, it does for other people, but it didn't for us. And, um, being able to integrate more easily with our POS system also came into play. Um, and then reserve, um, I think it's reserve. There's two reserve and resi. And I believe we did reserve. Um, and I feel like an asshole that I don't know, but, <laughs> um, reserve was trying to get into the Detroit market, right? They are, they were not in Detroit. And so they made a hard push, uh, because they saw what ha- is happening in the food scene. And so there's a few um, of my friends who are restaurateurs that also said like, oh, well, this makes sense. Um, and we've seen it used well in other markets, like Chicago specifically, which is su- so close to us. And, yeah. well, and their presence there. Is- I'm seeing a lot of people make that shift from um, open table to reserve um, 
and I'm really curious to see how the transition is going with a lot of these like thought leaders, people who are crushing our, in our industry are are making the shift. So I think you're doing the right thing. And uh, Breadcrumb, great platform. Um, are you using any of the data analytics through Breadcrumb with Observe, or are you integrating any other features uh, that are in like the Breadcrumb suite? Yeah, I mean, so we're just setting it up now. So, but that was something we looked at is, yes, the way that Observe is is awesome, uh, or, you know, in their system. So, yeah, we are definitely looking at the um, analytics with that. Again, it's, like, hard to say because it's not in practice yet at our restaurant, but... Um, But that was another reason why we chose breadcrumb. I mean, you know, the gripes about breadcrumb are it goes down a lot and you're like sort of like immobilized while it goes (laughs) down. But (laughs) (laughs) well, hopefully they work through that. Hopefully they work through that. Um, So let's just real quick. uh, I'm going to ask you to share a failure before we take a break. But so tell me about a time you, Kate, fell hard on your ass, not literally or maybe literally uh more like <laughs> like a story when a time you just failed and take us through that real quick and then we'll take a break to thank our sponsors oh man <clears throat> when did i fail i mean i think i i believe that i have had two restaurant failures so far i mean i didn't own them but they were they were mistake they were failures to me i didn't i didn't see them through i'm not still the executive chef at either of those places uh how did you fail? And, How is that your responsibility if you're not the owner? Well, the restaurants are still open, but for me as a chef, that was a that was a failed venture. Um, I left Republic after three months of being open, but I, you know, in my mind, I had a gut feeling before I signed on that this was not the right thing, and and you know, like I said, believed sort of believed things that people had said to me and I did it anyway and I don't regret it, but it is definitely, um, you know, just, would you say the failure um, was not listening to your gut? Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and is that truly a failure? If you have learned something from that experience now to know, now, you know, you to listen to your gut. Well, I mean, and the, I think no failure is really a failure. It's, it is a failure, but it's, they're all teaching moments. You know, they're all, you know, stuff we can learn from. Um, I think I, I think people should be unafraid to fail because you learn so much from it. Um, and, and now that I trust my gut, yeah, there's, it's, it's easy to weed out you know, bad relationships or bad seeds or bad situations because you're like, Oh no, no, I've been here before. I know now I just need to, I don't know why yet, but I just need to trust my gut. And then, you know, from that you, everything comes out in the wash. I love it. Beautiful stuff. Uh, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsor. We'll be right back. As you know, I don't promote or recommend any products or services my guests haven't first recommended or that I haven't used myself. Well, when I needed a new logo for Restaurant Unstoppable, I chose Design Crowd. I got to admit, it was a great experience, too. Here's what I did. I visited designcrowd.com, where I posted a brief description of what I was looking for in my logo. Design Crowd then invited over 550,000 designers to get to work on my project. A few hours after... 
after submitting my project, I began to receive a flood of designs from around the world, about 90 designs to choose from all together. All it took was a small investment of $400. Not only was the experience inexpensive and easy, the designers were willing and ready to make the slightest adjustments at my request. To get up to $100 off your first project, head over to designcrowd.com slash unstoppable or enter promotional code unstoppable at checkout. Facebook marketing, it's scary and intimidating, but it's also by far the most profitable paid media platform available to attract new and retain paying customers. It's only scary and intimidating because it's foreign to you, and that's scary. What you don't know, you don't understand, that's scary. Our good friend, past guest mentor, and industry expert, Nick Fosberg, can help you figure it out and make it less scary. He's giving Restaurant Unstoppable listeners his automated cash flow masterclass, which is valued at $1,500 away for free. When Nick told me this, I thought he was up to something that seemed like way too good of a deal, but he went on and he explained to me that this is a new product. He's got to test it out. So you're the test driver. And because you're restaurant unstoppable listeners, you're getting this sucker for free. So go to www.restaurantfbsystems.com. The masterclass starts next week. Don't delay. That's www.restaurantfb, like Foxtrot Bravo, systems.com, or check out the banner in the show notes. All right, we're back. The first question I have for you, Chef Kate, is what is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? Uh, Doing the work? I don't know. That's a good one. That's a big one. I have to do list every day, and it includes flossing. You know, like I have to remind myself to floss. Um, I think <laughs> I think it's good to do this. So, is it flossing or doing the work? <laughs> <laughs> it's doing the work. All right. just like day in, day out, just do the work. I love it. And uh, what is your biggest weakness? Um, my biggest weakness is um, I'm, I, I would be very disorganized if I did not have a list. So scattered. I'm scatterbrained. Scatterbrained. I totally get that. And you are remini or remining. Why can't I say that word? Say that word for remining, remining, remining. Why can't I say Do you know what I'm trying to say? I, no, actually. <laughs> remedy, remedy. You're remedying, remedy. Why <laughs> is there a right way to say this? Uh, what are you, and you're using a list to, to solve this problem. Let's, let me just try to use yeah. different words. All right. And how are you using a list? Um, I mean, I, I write out the night before everything I need to do. And, um, like I said, it, it'll include like drinking water. Like I have to check off the amount of water that I drink <laughs> because otherwise I'll get lost in in my own thoughts. You laugh, but I literally have an alert that goes off my phone every morning with my things I need to do every morning. And on that is drink two glasses of water. And it's just habit. It, it's like, like you need to like write these things down. And over time, it becomes habit. And something as silly as drinking water seems silly. But if you hydrate and you, I mean, water is your blood. Like, it will make you so much more productive and energized, and it's so important. But you need to develop those habits, and list using a list is a great way to to you know force yourself into these habits. Yeah, I love it. Uh, beautiful. And uh, what is one piece of advice you have for leading others? 
I, you know, I guess it's just coming back to the same thing. It's just like, stay true to who you are, to what your food is, to what your background is. And, um, and don't overthink anything, you know, like shut your brain off. Don't overthink it. Just, just go. I love it. Uh, what is one question you have or thing you look for during the interview process? Why are you here? What, what, why did, what excites you about this? Why are you here? And what are you looking for? Honestly, just, you know, somebody said, well, I, you know, I need a raise. Then I'd be like, oh, I'm not sure this is, but you know, somebody said, look, I've done research. I think what you guys are doing here is, is aligned with what I'm trying to learn and a place that I want to be involved in. Um, that's huge. Mm. And uh, what's one thing besides food, I guess, your restaurant will do that will separate you from other restaurants? Oh, man. Our our wine and beer guy is the best. He is so awesome. He approaches it the same way I approach food. We're going to have sherry. Well, now it's not a secret because somebody just publishes, but we're going to have a really cool sherry on tap. Mm. I mean, it's just very fun. It's like you know, we're not, it's not all high end price point, anything. I was like, we need a $6 glass of wine because that's what I drink when I go to the bar and some, and it doesn't matter what it tastes like, you know, it needs to taste good, but it's like, um, needs to be approachable as well. Uh, yeah. Our our wine and beer guy is awesome. Got it. And uh, what is one book that's a must read to make you a better person or restaurant owner in general? Oh God! Um, how to win friends and influence people? Mm, yes. What was the biggest lesson for you in that book? Oh, say people's names. Chef Kate Williams. Why is it so important to say people's names? Um, it makes people feel good. It creates a sense of camaraderie. It it immediately takes you to to a very personal level but i think he says in the book something like the word that people most want to hear in the entire world is their name Mm, yeah and it's just to i guess to belong to hear people know that you exist i don't know what it does but it's just yeah it's a psychological thing exactly yeah and it's um God, my dad and I was like such a snotty teenager. He used to say, <laughs> "You read the." He used to call it the book in in quotes. The book. Read the book. Read the book. Like, <laughs> but I was That's just awesome. like being such a bit, you know, sixteen-year-old Kate was <laughs> Um And and now I so appreciate it, and I read it like probably once a year. That's awesome. And uh, what is I kept, we kind of already covered this a little bit, but uh, we can just like summarize real quick. Uh, what is one piece of technology? you've adopted in, uh, in opening this restaurant that I guess let's, let's just say that has you most excited right now. Piece of technology. Um, I'm excited about the reservation system yeah. with reserve. I think it, it goes with everything that we're trying to do in terms of like remembering people saying their name, remembering their food allergies, you know, um, so yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Great platform. Um, really excited about where they go and what they do for restaurant owners. And with all the knowledge you have now, chef Kate Williams, if you could go back in time, uh, and give yourself one piece of business advice, what would it be? Oh, 
I mean, we've we've touched on it. It's basically trust your gut. Mm, I love just, it. Just trust your gut. Yeah. Beautiful. And if there's one question I could have asked you that would have added more value to this conversation, what would it have been? Or maybe if there's something we didn't get to discuss, what would you like to discuss right now? Um, shoot. I think there's a, uh, I don't know what I want to discuss. There's something with, and I don't know exactly what the question would have been, but there's definitely something in the area of women in the food scene and also, especially in our political climate, however you feel, you know, after the election, you know, my girlfriends and I were like, all right, so we just got to start controlling the banks, you know, like as women, we have to start controlling the banks. Um, and how do we do that? We have to be successful in our areas, employ, train, empower other girls, women, et cetera. Um, that, not that you didn't ask me the right questions. That's just something that's important. Let's in that. dive into it. Really dive into what we can do to change the scene. Well, um, I mean, we need to, st- I mean, it, you know, I'm I'm of the mentality that no one is going to give you anything, so blame is negative, right? Mm-hmm. And so we, as women, just need to do it ourselves, mm. right? And and I yes. don't want to be, you know, I'm, <laughs> I love it. I'm not trying to be. I'm not sexist. I just meant like, you know, you don't ask for things; you just take them. You yes. do the things. You you go to work every day, and you figure out your goals. You figure out your goals and then you go to work every day to create them. And as women, you know, you know, I have only one, I have all, uh, silent investors, but only one of them is a female. And to me, it's like, and she's such a badass. But um, <laughs> to me, it's like, that's when I invest in a restaurant in, you know, 20 years, like I want to be one of many females investing mm. with our money. And how we do that is we have to create successful businesses. So, we're good. Yeah. No, I dig it. And I'm listening to you talk and I can't help but think of uh, a recent guest, uh, Mary Allen Lind- Lindemann, uh, who's the owner of Coffee by Design in Portland, Maine. And uh, she said it so beautifully. Um, we all look around and you hear people say all the time that somebody needs to do something about this. We all looked for somebody and wait for somebody to do something about it. Whatever the it is, you, you've heard it before. I know you have. Like, who's going to do something about this? And the truth is, we are going to do, we need to do something about it. There is no somebody. It's us. We need to do something. If, I mean, if there's something that we want to see in the world, if we want to see change in the world, be the change you want to see in the world, do something about it and influence other people. And I mean, that alone is so powerful. That alone to get people behind you, to get things, people excited about what you're trying to do, to be the change you want to see in the world, no matter what that change is for you, that's, you know, equality in, I guess I don't know how to. You could probably say it better than I could. How would you say it? It's it's equality. I mean, you know. I mean, the no, banks control. Who can't get know, behind that though? Like, right? yeah, yeah, beautiful. But so, yeah. But be the change. You know, do the thing. We are the people who need to make the change. So, what are you doing Absolutely. To, to be the change you want to see in the world? I love it. That's a great way to, to end this conversation. Uh, I love it, Chef K. And uh, we wrap up. 
every episode by calling somebody out. Uh, so who is, <laughs> yeah, who is uh, an independent restaurant owner, operator, somebody you admire in this industry? Call them out. Uh, who should I get on the show? Oh, my God. Um, do, you want, do you want Detroit-based or nationally that I look up to? I don't know. Um, Who's the first person that comes to your mind? The first person that you think needs to, to share their knowledge with my audience? Oh, God. David Chang is the first person that comes to my mind because I think he does not – he doesn't – he does things that are true to him and he – you know, is very public with his failures and what he acknowledges as failures. And, um, I think he just doesn't give a fuck. And you know what I admire? People who don't take themselves so seriously. Mm. David Chang, so, look how I'm going to do my best to get you on the show, but uh, we'll I, see yeah. what happens. <laughs> uh, anybody else you can think of, um, that um, we should get on the show. There's a guy named Sandy Levine. Uh, he owns two restaurants in Detroit and he is just notoriously one of the greatest people to work for. He is, yeah, they, him and his wife, Heather, they do things the right way. They're, they put their employees first. Um, yeah, Sandy Levine, I would say. He owns Chartreuse and the Oakland, which was one of the first, there's like two cocktail bars in Detroit that were kind of like the the first speakeasies of, I guess, seven years ago, six years ago, whatever. Yeah, Sandy Levine. Sandy Levine, David Chang, setting the bar high. I like it. Look out, guys. I'm coming after you. I would love to get you on the show. And let the folks at home know, Chef K, how can we connect with you? Uh, if we want to come join your team, if we want to ask you about uh, anything that you recommended during this conversation or just your social media platforms, like how can we connect? So I'm on Instagram, uh, Chef Kate Williams, uh, Twitter at Chef Kate Likes It, and let's see, you can email me at Kate at LadyOfTheHouseDetroit.com. This is episode 348. Head over to RestaurantUnstoppable.com slash 348. A link back to how to connect with Kate, uh, a link back to the products and services and books recommended, plus a summary of today's conversation all right there. Three, four, eight. Chef Kate Williams, thank you so much for being somebody who understands the value of just doing the work, who understands the value of knowing your why and staying centered, uh, having that center line locked in uh, and just you know, being somebody who's trying to lift up their city. Uh, we could learn so much from you. Uh, there is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thank you. Thank you. Here. Thank you so much. Cheers. Chef Kate Williams dropping bombs of knowledge on us today. Such great nuggets in this conversation. Uh, I think obviously the, 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 the big takeaway is just trusting your gut, knowing why you do the work you do in having that, that why, uh, and knowing that why in, staying true to that why and writing that why down on your bedroom wall. So every morning you wake up on center line, showing up to do what it is you were put on this earth to do Uh beautiful stuff. Uh, you know, the importance of finding the right partner. She called it the right money and 
surrounding yourself with people who are strong where you're weak. That came up a few times. Uh, and that comes with partners. Like choose your partners wisely. Don't just take the first money that lands on your doorstep. Like really filter through the potential partners out there and find the right partner. And how do you find the right partners? Uh, well, you got to make yourself valuable. She talked about this. Uh, she, not directly, but like indirectly, uh, her equity it is in her city. But she she went around. She developed equity in herself with these pop ups, with you know generating the buzz, living intentionally, learning, figuring out what you want to do, and build equity for yourself. Uh, become a person of value, so you can get bit picky with your partners and really find the right partner and go through the time to set up those partnership agreements to really draw the line in the sand so you can have that operational freedom. Tons of great advice in this episode. Uh, that's just, I mean, a little bit of it. Uh, the power of using pop-ups to generate uh, buzz, to get your name, to, to meet people, to collaborate, to learn more. Uh, the importance of building the right team, uh, finding people who have the right values or the same values as you. Uh I mean, there's so much in this conversation, not nearly enough time to summarize right now. And I know you guys want to get going, so I'll wrap this up. Uh, if you want more Restaurant Unstoppable episodes, if you want to surround yourself with the influence of those proven successful, please share this podcast. Spread the word about this free resource, uh, how we can... I mean, you're the average of the five people you spend your time with, and you can choose to spend your time with the people who are absolutely crushing it. Uh, that's how I'm trying to serve our industry, and we can make this resource better if we sh- if we spread the word, if we if we make it known that this resource exists for free. So please, right now, think of five people, share this with them, share this episode with them right now, share this podcast with them right now. Let's spread the word. Uh, let's let's make a difference. Let's. You know, we said be the change you want to be in the industry. And the, the change I want to see in the industry is where we're sharing knowledge, where we don't have to go to a consultant and spend thousands and thousands of dollars, but we can choose to crowdsource the knowledge from those proven successful. And we can bring back the middle class, the blue collar worker, the people who are in this industry because of the, the, the work they love to do. Uh, and they can make an impact on their community and choose to do things the right way, like Chef. Kate said uh, that's what I want to do and you can help me by spreading the word uh, email eric at restaurantunstoppable.com if you can suggest a guest somebody I should make an example of eric Cacciatore is my Instagram and Twitter handle slash restaurant unstoppable on Facebook and if you want to chat set up that five or that five 15 minute one-on-one chat let me know uh, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash one-on-one or find the banners at restaurantunstoppable.com. Now I'm talking way too much. Uh, can't do this without you guys. I love you all so much. Thank you for listening. And until next time, peace out. <laughs>